some people think little girls should be seen and not heard. One, two, three, four! People do feel very radically different about gender experience. I mean, that's just like the rules of feminism. That diversity is like the number one thing I think that has to be reckoned with. Agenda with women in the arts. Good morning, you're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio. I'm Isabel Hawthorburn. And I'm Katie Winton, and this is your Saturday morning fix of art, politics, news and trash from a feminist perspective. Agenda on FBI Radio is broadcast on Gadigal land, and we'd like to pay our respects and acknowledge the traditional owners of this land and to elders past and present. We're so excited to be talking to curator and uh, producer Michaela Persk and photographer Joseph Mayers about the Black Divas exhibition currently on at the Bearded Tit. That's happening a little later in the show, so definitely stick around for that. Yeah, I'm excited to have a First Nations specific instalment of what is becoming kind of weekly pageant conversation. <laughs> so last week we talked about um, pageants in Saudi Arabia and before that I think it was Peruvian beauty queens that were talking about domestic violence. So i got to tell you, I, when we started Agenda, I didn't anticipate having such a consistent focus on beauty pageants, but I also didn't realise that they were so politically charged. So it's very exciting. Um, and Katie, I also wanted to talk to you because I haven't seen you since last week. I don't think I saw you between shows. And I noticed that you've got a big coffee stain on <laughs> your front. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, what's going on in your life? Yeah, you, you know. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not drinking at the moment um, and making a giant effort to get involved in the uh, wellness movement a little too late. Uh, <laughs> and I think it's really ruined me. I was leaving the house this morning and had just made myself a boiling hot coffee in my key cup and tried to put my umbrella up and the coffee like literally jumped out of my hand and is now all over my front. Yeah, so, I'm right there with you though. I think it's like it's like kind of a raw shack test. I'm just looking at it and I can see my myself in it. I'm just like <laughs> in the coffee stain. In the coffee stain. It's yeah. just me, my sad face. Um Well thanks for the think, solidarity. No worries. <laughs> I don't think either of us are looking too hot, but hopefully we can pull ourselves together. Um, we probably need to go and get some Fenty Beauty before we hit Laneway tomorrow. because um, I really want to fangirl out for just when I miss blanks. Um a little later in the sh- uh in the show, we'll be talking about the politics of festival lineups and gender representation, and specifically with Australian festival lineout call out culture. Yeah, we'll be hearing from Cable Ties' Jenny McKechnie on whether it's the responsibility of Australian music festivals to ensure balanced gender representation on their lineups, um, and also in terms of headline acts, kind of uh, off the back of some stuff that's been happening uh, for, I always get confused, Falls Festival mm-hmm. and Laneway. Yeah, I always say Splendour, but it wasn't Splendour, it was false. Mm. I mean, They've got their own dramas. Yeah. Um, and obviously, we want to know what you think. Uh, we're not going to ask you whether you agree <laughs> with Kieran J. Callanan being removed from the laneway lineup because it's Saturday morning and we don't want any um, men's rights activists texting us in because you guys are so mean <laughs> and spell really badly. Um, but we are asking you, do you think Australian music festivals are changing? And is that change making... Uh, festivals better. Let us know 0409-945-945. You might actually think that they're not changing at all. Either way, let us know. Uh, all of that and more right after this track from Camp Cope. It's called The Opener. And maybe when we come back, we can have a little bit of chat about Rose McGowan because she is saying some reckless <laughs> stuff in the last 24 hours. You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio.
Camp Cope just there with the opener. Really, really good um, lines. Oh, some song. great I lyrics. Heard it properly before, but it's like very, very funny. We're just and like sitting true. here making faces. Each other. Like, like, oh, oh, listen to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Izzy, you wanted to talk about Rose McGowan. Yeah, it's been a pretty hot um, couple of days for McGowan. So you probably remember she was at the centre of the Weinstein scandal. She pretty much still is um, because her career and life in general were really deeply affected by Harvey Weinstein. And she's quite rightly been really outspoken about um, getting him out of Hollywood, basically, and like receiving justice, I guess. Um, she's now promoting her memoir, Brave, and her series, E-series, Citizen Rose, and her album, Planet Nine. So she's really on one. She's doing a press junket. Um, uh, and she's usually uh, very outspoken on Twitter, and that's where she does a lot of her kind of calling out and um, criticism. But she's doing the traditional show circuit at the moment, or she was doing a traditional kind of talk show circuit, um, and she was not really conforming to the talk show uh, format. She was, yeah, kind of going off script a little bit and not really, um, like, not at being very palatable, I guess. And right. I thought that, was, and I, I think a lot of people found that quite refreshing that she wasn't conforming to this traditional nice girl ro- role or a resilient victim. And she kind of called herself the architect of Weinstein de- Weinstein's demise. Um, and I thought it was pretty cool that she was like resisting that narrative that was being put on her. And she was also sounding a little bit batty as well. Um, so I sent it to our Agenda Facebook chat for um, our producer and you, for you to look at. And um, and I was like, oh, this is cool. We should talk about this, like resisting that victim narrative. That's nice. Um, but then our um, then last night, our producer sent through another article, which was um, yes. not so... Yeah. yeah, kind of about her promoting her book. Um, mm. and, and at a reading, she was confronted by a trans woman about comments she had made on RuPaul's podcast called What's the Tea in July last year. I don't know if I should read them out. They're pretty... Maybe not. It's like pretty, pretty bad. Yeah, it's pretty nasty, very um, trans-exclusionary radical yeah. kind of turfy nonsense that's just... Like super really reductive. Really misinformed, really cruel and just a bit silly. It like, really exposes just how little experience she has or knowledge yeah, or empathy yeah. or anything and I think she's asking a lot of people to which they should empathize with women that have been like marginalized in Hollywood and like assaulted and yeah in some cases um raped but she's also on the other hand she's being really um really incredibly awful to uh, trans women and trans yeah. people. Yeah, so she's kind of back to her anti-trans rhetoric and said some pretty horrible stuff. Um, and you were kind of talking about how watching this news came out, it made you think about the Aziz Ansari stuff as well. Yeah, because like I was reading that and I was like, oh, I guess Rose McGowan, she's a goodie. She's like being really outspoken. And then like that happened. And I was like, oh no, she's a baddie. <laughs> and, then, and that's kind of how I was thinking about Aziz Ansari. I was like, oh my gosh, please don't be a baddie. Please don't. <laughs> do this and then I was like no he's a goodie and then I kept on flip-flopping and obviously that's like a really dumb way to do it but when you do have this really short news cycle I think there's this impulse to plop people into to- little baskets of like you're good you're bad this movement is stupid this movement is going yeah. to be worthwhile and I should put my you know concentration behind that or not and I think that it's a really complex and just because somebody um just because someone says something really stupid or really awful doesn't mean that the crimes are enacted and gets them are not 
still crimes, you know? Yeah, I think it's this kind of impulse to categorise people rather than acknowledging that we all live in the patriarchy. Exactly. And Me Too is not just about men getting better. It's kind of about all genders putting in the work, right? Mm. So it's Rose McGowan not using anti-trans language or rhetoric. Yeah. And I mean, it doesn't diminish the terrible way she was treated um, and continues to be treated. But those crimes also don't excuse her transphobia. Mm. And I think this conversation is also about the fact that celebrities are rarely in a position to be activists because they're celebrities. Yeah. And they often don't have fully formed understandings or opinions about some of the stuff that they're talking about in a very public sphere, which is why Oprah would be a terrible president. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. absolutely agree. Um, So let's take a listen to this track from Display Homes, Sydney Three Piece. It is called Men. Uh, Stick around because after the break or after the song, we're going to talk more about Australian music festivals. You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio.
Thoughts that count. Agenda on FBI Radio. You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio and it's now time for our Thoughts That Count segment where we asked a few different people throughout the week what they think about call-out culture surrounding Australian music festival lineups. Yeah, just a little update. Katie just spilt her coffee hey, all over don't, her phone. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't tell people that. I'm not meant to have food or drink in the studio. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, you might remember Camp Cope um, calling out Falls Festival at the start of January. During their Byron show, they changed the lyrics of their song called The Opener, which we played just then. Um, or a little bit earlier, um, which is a song that talks about the rejection issues Camp Cope have faced as an all-female band. So the altered lines were sung by front front woman Georgia Mack, saying, it's another man telling us we can't fill up a tent. It's another fucking festival <laughs> booking only nine women. Then the video footage was posted on their Instagram with the caption, it's another festival saying we can't play a main stage. While another video of the same performance was captioned with, maybe they'll never get it putting women higher on a bill. Yeah, I think what was really disappointing about that whole thing was the response from Falls Fest. It was another kind of like, we're sorry, we upset you um, apology. So mm. co-producer, um, the co-producer of Falls Fest said in a statement that gender balance was a consideration when booking festival lineups or when booking Falls Fest lineup, um, but it was challenging so she said, whilst we have a very conscious and strong agenda to book female talent, it isn't always available to us that he- at that headline level. We have a long-term strategy which is present on this year's Falls lineup of giving opportunities to new and middle-range female Australian artists to nurture and grow the future pool of female headline options. So, I don't Cute. know. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> like, lady. Try harder. And also, don't tell the new and, like, you know, in quotation marks, middle-range female talent that your strategy is to nurture them to grow the future pool pool of female headline options like it's pretty patronizing right yeah you've got like a huge sign on your head yeah like like, i'm young and not good yet yeah yeah it's really mm. anyway so that happened at the start of the year and more recently kieran j callanan uh, was removed from the laneway lineup following last year's aria awards um where he flashed his penis on the red (laughs) carpet also like i don't know if you know but like arias is basically like 12 year old kids just lining up like no one else is there (laughs) <laughs> and I don't know if I'm just becoming a prudish old person, but like, flash a penis somewhere else. Well, or it's like maybe just don't do it at all when there's like conversations going on about the Me Too movement yeah, and male privilege. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, just, it was so weird when I saw that um, come up. I was like, it was like in between two other stories about like horrible, horrible acts of kind of sexual violence and I was like that's not that but it's also like not the time or place to totally be, yeah know, being a to be PR exposing nightmare <laughs> I'm so edgy um so yeah. it was taken off the laneway lineup um after Brisbane rapper Miss Blanks voiced her distaste for his behavior so she's also the ambassador to the hotline 1800 laneway which aims to promote the festival as a safe space so she told really cool hack on triple j um a few weeks back about Callanan's Aria's stunt that was just kind of one of several incidents that she deemed inappropriate. Um, so she wrote on Instagram, Callanan's long and recent history of reckless and insensitive actions reinforces an entitlement which permits Kieran and others like him to dismiss valid issues and normalises racism, ableism and sexual assault. So amidst the Me Too discussions, it's important to see preventative actions as well as support systems. And that doesn't really sound like you can't come to the party. It's just like, be better. Be better. There. Totally. Um, but I guess it's good to see the conversation expanding beyond just gender parity on Australian festival lineups. Um, as booking as a booking agent, if you want to make an effort towards diversity and inclusivity on your lineup, then you evidently also need to make ju- 
make just as much of an effort to ensure the safety of your artists and to make sure nobody feels bullied or uncomfortable. Yeah. Which is like, I guess not doesn't really seem to be a priority. Yeah, I guess it's it's definitely the start of more nuanced conversations. And I have to say, I'm really happy that this conversation is finally happening and that male musicians don't seem to be these like untouchable gods anymore. It's so good to see that there are real world consequences for pretty inexcusable behavior. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I agree that, with that. But I also think that like women, people of all genders are booking agents and that there are some pretty problematic I've really got to stop saying problematic for everything but like <laughs> some pretty shitty female musicians that like perpetuate oh, pretty, no, totally. like, poor behavior and excuse it and are apologetic for um their colleagues yeah I guess. no it's definitely something that is a problem amongst all genders I just think this kind of rhetoric around like the male musician rock god oh, yeah, is like definitely yeah. fading mm. and I'm happy about that yeah <laughs> so we took this question to um, Jenny McKechnie from Cable Ties. Um, here's what she had to say about the responsibility of Australian music festivals. It's absolutely the responsibility of Australian festivals to address their gender representation problem. And that includes uh, their reluctance to put women on the bill, but also trans and gender non-binary people. It also includes the fact that these lineups are overwhelmingly white. We're always told that they book the bands that sell tickets, or as Fall said, we book the best bands available at the time. But I think this is really a cop-out, because it ignores their responsibility as cultural curators and tastemakers. By saying this, they're implying that young Australians don't want to see anyone but a white, straight, cisgendered man on stage, because anything else would be too much of a challenge for them. I think they're wrong about this, and I think there's a huge movement of young people who expect better. If big festivals like Falls don't want to be a part of it, then they're going to be left behind. And I'm going to be like, bye, Philippe. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. <laughs> uh, Jenny McKegney from Melbourne Cable Ties just there on gender parity in Australian music festival lineups. You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio. Stick around for our chat with Michaela Persk and Joseph Mayers for the Black Divas exhibition, which is currently on at the Bearded Tit. Uh, let's take a track now from Cable Ties. This one is called Tell Them Where to Go.
This is Agenda with Katie Winton and Isabel Hawthorne. Politics and news from a feminist perspective. You're listening to Agenda.
exhibitionist just there with hands. You can catch her playing at Laneway tomorrow. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, I'm so excited. Now that we've just been like going through all the laneway um, yeah. acts, I'm like very, very excited. There's going to be some really great people playing. This is also the part of the show where we were going to do our Grammys recap, but Izzy's too upset. I was so <laughs> excited about this um, segment a couple of weeks ago, but um, I'm too upset now. The only real winner was the turtleneck, I think, PDD and Jay-Z <laughs> both. Actually, heaps of people, heaps of men were um, wearing the turtleneck, so no doubt the next couple of years we'll see resurgent. In yeah. boys um, teaming turtlenecks with blazers. And SZA didn't win anything, yeah, which is really I upsetting. Yeah, I mean, Bruno Mars won. There was no – Cardi B missed out, SZA missed out. It was just an odd event all around. And <laughs> so did Desposito, which was like the biggest banger of last year. And I think that there's been a, quite a few opinion pieces about, you know, it was just so universally popular – um, that seems like a little bit of overstatement, but <laughs> it was such a popular song and it was just like the anthem of the summer. And because it wasn't in English, people were like, is there anything? Also, disclaimer, it's like the anthem of Izzy's summer and I had never heard it before. Yeah, so, no, I think that's more of know, a reflection of you than it is for me. It's a beautiful, beautiful song. Whatever you listen to, it's okay. <laughs> we don't judge you. This is a... The only, the only thing that kind of potentially matches it is like Justin Bieber drunkenly trying to sing it and forgetting the words and just being like, burrito, burrito. And everyone was like, oh my God. <laughs> so um, just after this track, we're going to be chatting to Michaela Persk and photographer Joseph Mayers to chat about the Black Divas exhibition currently on at the Bearded Tit. There's some amazing portraits, um, a video work, and also some uh, really beautiful costumes um, that are currently happening currently on show at the Bearded Tits. So just after this track, we're going to chat to them. So definitely go, don't go anywhere. This is Broken Clocks from the winner of our hearts. Grammys <laughs> in our hearts, Scissor. You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio.
about two days, no race. Been about three years since I dated you. Why you still talking about me like we together? I moved on for the better. You moved on to whoever. I was down for whatever and then some. You gon' make me late to work again. Ooh, better day than are just there with Broken Clocks. You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio and we're joined now by, by producer and curator Michaela Persk and photographer Joseph Mayers to chat about the Black Divas exhibition currently happening at the Bearded Tit. So thank you so much to both of you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. So Black Divas is currently on at the Bearded Tit and features portraits of the inaugural First Nations drag pageant contestants, which was held in um, Darwin. And so we were wondering if you could tell us a little bit about how you were both involved in the project, how that came about. Um, so we so Black Divas, the exhibition that's on at the Bearded Tit at the moment is um, there's still photographs from a documentary film that I'm one of the producers on um, of, and the other producer is Jill Moody, and it's directed by Adrian Russell Wills. And look, it's 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 one of those films that um, it rarely happens in documentary where it just happened really quickly. Um, so Ben, who is miscellaneous. One of the organisers put a post up on Facebook um, and said, you know, we're thinking of doing this pageant and I'm good friends with him. I contacted him straight away and said, someone's doing a film. And he went, well, it looks like you are now. <laughs> and Adrian, you know, had jumped on at the same time and so Jill. And so, you know, the film sort of came together really quite quickly. And one of the things that we wanted the film to be is is very kind of big and cinematic and, and have a kind of a, almost like a music video kind of feel to it. And we decided to bring Joseph, who is now here with us, um, up as our stills photographer because he's shot a whole lot of um, great music festivals and portraits and stuff. So, so that's how Joseph came to be involved as well. So I think most people's kind of exposure to drag pageants is this kind of very RuPaul experience as like portrayed as this bitchy, maybe, um, you know, competitive pageant. And we were wondering how that compares to the Miss First Nations pageant and what that kind of experience is like. Um, look, <laughs> the, the the thing about the girls is they actually all just fell in love with each other, you know, and it was the first time it was, it, it's, 
it was one of those great things because it was the first time it had ever been done. You know, this was the first year they'd ever held it. Um, there was this really kind of great sort of unknown quality to it. But the drag queens, some of them knew of each other. I mean, Crystal Love, who is, you know, a legend from the Terry Islands, everyone sort of knew who she was. And the same with um, No Vagina. They're really, really well-known um, drag queens. But there was a lot of... There was a lot of sisterhood and a lot of love. And one of the, I mean, one of the really beautiful things that comes out in the film is that they all sort of talk about the joy of being part of the competition is that they kind of all found each other. And you realise that, you, that you know, that you're not the only one. You're not the only kind of, you know, red crayon in the black box kind of thing. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's really beautiful. And one of the contestants, um, Isaac, whose drag name is Alafakia, he's, <laughs> um, he's actually a straight man who, you know, gets to dress up and be a big black queen, um, you know, whenever he wants, which is which is really, really fantastic. And his story in the film is really beautiful. Joseph, had you shot any of the queens before or was this kind of your first time No, I them? had seen No Vagina around. So I'd, I'd done past Mardi Gras festivals and, you know, maybe covering the Aboriginal float at Mardi Gras or I'd, just, I'd seen her over the years and then, yeah went up to Darwin and there she was right. So it was pretty cool. It was really good to see them transform. And you said that this was the first of its kind, um, this pageant. Mm. Has there been much of a response or any response thus far from First Nations communities that are, do you see this going global? Oh, look, I th I think so. So the way that it came about is Ben and um, Daniel and Adriana, who run a company called um, Party Passport slash Departure Lounge, and Ben and Daniel are both um, drag queens, and they basically got, got given the rights to um, this queen's pageant, the ultimate kind of queen pageant, and they decided that the way that they were going to kind of relaunch it was to pay respects to, to First Nations people. So they decided to kind of relaunch it by having a Miss First Nation. Um, I think I think that next. I think the big plan is for next year is to really open it up to all Miss First Nations to you know make it even bigger than what it is. This was the first year, so it was a really it it was a really kind of unknown quantity. And I think they learned a lot about the competition and how to run it. And now, and I think also for a lot of queens. There was a bit of nervousness about entering because it's like, well, what is it? What do I have to do? How does it work? And now that people kind of know what it is and how it works, I think that next year is going to be bigger and bolder. And even though it was the first one, you said that, that it was contestants from all around Australia. Yeah, so the contestants, um, where are they from? They're sort of Darwin, Northern Territory, uh, Western Australia, New South Wales... Kind of quite, not quite Queensland, yeah, northern New South Wales. But they did get entries from quite a lot of other places, but the six who made it through, that's kind of where they're from. Cool. We're going to take a track now from Nairi. It's called Fall Into My Arms. Do you want to talk to us briefly about the involvement of this track in the film? So the film, um, there is a lot of incredible, beautiful music in the film because the way, the, the sort of the... The look and the style and the feel of it, it's it has a very kind of beautiful kind of video music clip feel to it. You know, it's it's very, very, very beautiful. And Paul Mack, who came on as our composer, um, he also did a lot of uh, music advice on it as well. So we um, we have licensed quite a few tracks and then Paul also composed a whole lot of beautiful music. And th we ended up using quite a lot of um, Nairi's music. Just, it just sort of happened that way. And... 
this track um, plays towards the end of the film and it's incredibly beautiful. I always have a bit of a cry when it comes on in the film, but maybe I'm just happy that the film's finished. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio. We're talking about Black Divas. Uh, stick around for more chats right after this.
such a beautiful track. That was Fall Into My Arms by Nairi. We're talking about the Black Divas exhibition and film. Uh, the exhibition's currently on at the Bearded Tit. Joseph, you are the photographer of the stills mm-hmm. um, that are on display. And we were wondering whether there's a life for these images after this show. Um, a lot of the images in the show, or all of the images in the show, are available for people to buy at various sizes. And I've put up a gallery on my website also of some extra images if people like, if people like. But there's also, um, I'm not sure, like if there was community organisations or things like that, like photos and wanted to use traction for the photos. So I did a photo of the rainbow crossing, which popped up all over Facebook with the marriage equality Instagram page and this page and that page. And this uh, went everywhere. Yeah, wow. It went so viral. look, if, if it helps out some of my images to anything, yeah, I'm happy for them to have a little bit of life after. Do they kind of take off and, uh, I mean, is it ever an issue with the crediting? Do they kind of... Take off and not the rainbow cross. That's the biggest thing that annoys me. Like I don't mind if people borrow the photos as long as they credit mm. you properly. The rainbow crossing one went everywhere, but as far as I could tell, I was credited. Yeah, which didn't bother me. Yeah, you only get crappy. It's like, hey, what are you doing? Write my name. But PSA. the rainbow crossing was everywhere. Like people have seen, and then I show friends. They're like, oh, I've seen that photo already. And it's like, yeah, so, I took that. Yeah, I took that one. Even my doctor. Oh wow! She's like she works at uh, Taylor Square with um, sexual health up there. And I was like, um, yeah, I took this photo. She's going, I've seen that. Like, oh, you took it, yes. So yeah, I'm happy with yeah any life. People contact me if you want to use the photos for a nice community event. They're such beautiful images. Mm. Thank you. Um, also, especially love the paste up that's in the alleyway at yes. the moment too. Yeah, that's the rain- rainbow one yeah. I was talking about. Yeah. yeah. And so when can people see Black Divas? It's a- the film. So the film, the film is off. The film is finally finished. Um, <laughs> thank God, uh, and it's beautiful and it's amazing and it's great. And it is going to be on at Queer Screen on February the twenty eighth as part of the Mardi Gras Film Festival, and then it'll go out on NITV the following night. And I think it's at eight thirty, but I think they do need to double check that because there's because there's some quite um, strong language in the film. Um, not in a bad, I mean, it's just, you know, it's just the way that a lot of the characters talk. They swear a lot. And then it'll be going out on SBS on the Sunday night straight after the um, coverage of the parade. So it'll just be a week of divas. And the great thing is all the queens are coming to town for the premiere. Oh, cool. Amazing. Which is going to be really awesome. They're really excited because none of them have seen it. Oh, wow. No, so no. Be, yeah, yeah they, none of them. No, Joseph hasn't even seen it and he shut the stills and he hasn't seen anything. Are they anything. performing? The Queen's... <laughs> it's nice that you asked that, Joseph. <laughs> so, um, yes, the Queen's will be performing. So, um, you know, the Bearded Tit, who have been really fantastic and really supportive of the exhibition and of the Divas and, you know, us in general. Um, Wednesday nights, Johnny um, runs a night called Queerbehood and Johnny and Paul... Mac are very, very good friends. It's it's all a nice little kind of circle here, isn't it? <laughs> so the Queens will be performing at Queerbehood that night. We've just got to figure out who and what and where because there's a little party straight after the um, Mardi Gras, the Queer Screen screening. It's quite hard to say. It is. Queer when screen you say it screening. Times are too fast. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a little party just after that, and then we'll be taking the Queens down to the 
dedicated tits from probably about sort of 9.30 to perform. But we're just sort of figuring out who's going to do what. And I think they're all... Um, they're all kind of really nervous, but also really excited at the same time. It's such an intimate stage, though. Like, it's a really nice community kind of um, night, queerhood. Yeah. So. And they sort of all go, oh, I don't know. I'm not sure, you know. What are we no, 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 I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And I can guarantee on the night they'll all be yeah. kind of like pushing each other aside <laughs> to get up there, you know, to try and perform. But it's re- it'll be really exciting to have them all in town and to perform. And it'll also be the first time they've all been together again since oh, the... Um, since the competition, so it'll be, it'll be really sweet. And it's great that there's so many opportunities for people to watch it as well on TV. So we'll put up the times once yeah. they are locked in. Oh yeah, or it's going to be out. on TV <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Can't miss it. Yeah, and then we're also planning on a bit of a kind of you know bigger festival rollout, you know, across the world, which is great because it's one of those you know it's a really beautiful, intimate, fantastic film, and it tells you know it takes you into a community in a world that you just really don't ever get to get into in that sense. And also they're, you know, they're really funny. The queens are really hilarious, as you know, Joseph. Mm-hmm. Cheeky, <laughs> funny. All right, so we might be seeing Black Divas at Khan or Sundance. Or don't something. think we'd go that far. <laughs> don't, I don't know. I don't, think be queer. I don't think we can or Sundance. But definitely, you know, we've already had quite a lot of interest from a lot of the queer festivals around the world. There is a huge, I mean... The thing about making films nowadays is there are so many film festivals. Like everyone has a film festival, but there is really massive, massive queer um, film festival circuit that the film can go on. So, you know, get it out to the world. Mm. You know, I'd love to see Crystal Love go to sort of San Francisco or something. It'd be hilarious. With a photo exhibition. With a photo exhibition. <laughs> of course. And the photographer has to And go. the photographer has to I go. mean, it yes. would be best, I think. If yeah, yeah, that's right. That makes that's, sense. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. So, I mean, I'd, I'd love to kind of keep that going as much as possible, you know, to kind of keep the film and the exhibition and stuff going. I, I personally think that kind of one of the, you know, big gallery institutions should buy a set of the images. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's that's what I'm pushing for. You know, I'm hustling Tony Albert to get onto it. <laughs> Great. So we'll put a link up to that. Too. Sam McGregor, <laughs> if you're listening, yeah. Joseph and Michaela, thank you so much for coming in to chat to us on Agenda this morning. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank we you. We can't wait to see the film. Yeah, we're so excited. so excited. Yeah, it's yeah. well, I, I can't wait to share it with the world. Adrian... Um, our director and Nikki Stevens, our editor, have done an absolutely amazing job. Everyone who worked on the film has done a really, really amazing job and it's, you know, I'm immensely proud of it and it's really beautiful. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, huge congratulations. Next week on Agenda, we want to hear your thoughts on Valentine's Day for Thoughts That Count. Do you celebrate it? Is Send it dumb? <laughs> we want to know. <laughs> it's dumb. <laughs> hey, stop it. <laughs> Send us a message through our Facebook page, Agenda on FBI Radio. Uh, we're going to leave you with this track from Jesswa. It's called Savage. You can catch Jesswa at Laneway tomorrow. We and definitely we'll be will be. Uh, language warning on this one. Have a great Saturday. Now 
I want a refund Now all the bad bitches please move to the front I'm a savage, I'm a cunt Now all the bad bitches please move to the front This life a blessing, stop bitching and wishing for ambition Shut your mouth and listen, my ass cheeks Yeah, you can kiss them in the kitchen Stir the pot, make it shit for adolescents Give them beats, give them river Love these rap dudes, but I would dig a hole for them Get a cheap shovel and a cold one Bullets in my shotgun Feed them roofies in the boot of a dancer Wouldn't hold her on some, I'm pretty and I'm handsome Where the girls, where the ladies, where the women We making lemonade with one fucking lemon All these snakes, I'm immune to the venom So when I pull up, I get bucked for the women That's right, get smooth, then I swerve When I'm off stage, sit back and observe Y'all ain't got bars, y'all don't even have nerve I'ma let my actions speak louder than my words, yup I'm a savage, I'm a cunt Now all the bad bitches please move to the front I want that ass bit, baby plump Now all the bad bitches please move to the front I bought your album, now I want a refund Now all the bad bitches please move to the front I'm a savage, I'm a cunt Now all the bad bitches please move to the front Killer, thick with the figure Yo, hanging on my tits like a stage five clinger Take up for the liquor, I eat y'all for dinner Everybody knows I'm a sick rap singer that's filthy I'm a bastard, playing with you boys since the day that I started I'm exhausted, still them boys forfeit I've already put three fuckers in their caskets Yeah, me plus a 58, and I'm an animal I'm a savage, my people were cannibals You can hate it, but I won't buy it I know who I am, making moves real quiet This is for the honeys, all the money making mummies Holding life in their tummies All my women yummy If you're skinny, thick or chubby, please move to the front for me I see y'all come through and get bucked for me I'm a savage, I'm a cunt Now all the bad bitches, please move to the front I want that ass bit, baby plump Now all the bad bitches, please move to the front I bought your album, now I want a refund Now all the bad bitches, please move to the front I'm a savage, I'm a cunt Now all the bad bitches, please move to the front